Just boss you around here is treated like a god. I mean, I'll never find out what he could really do. I don't want this to be the high point of his life. I've seen him, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days when they were 17 years old. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I am your host, Billy Powell. This is part two of a two-part interview that we're doing with Coach Rex Wells. Um, the book is called The Valley, Bo- Valley Boys, The Story of the 1958 Springs Valley Blackhawks by Timothy Wright. Um, and within, if you're listening to this, of course, at keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com. That's keeping the nostalgia alive. That's one word. Dot podbean. Dot com. And within uh, our uh, the uh, interview that you're listening to, you'll be able to find a, a way to order this book. It's a fantastic book. Tim Wright does a great job uh, in writing this book, and I, I'm telling you, it, it 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 surpasses the movie Hoosiers, in my opinion. There's it, it's just an amazing book and an amazing read. So if you get a chance. Uh, order the book because uh, I'm telling you, I, you need to have this on a shelf. If you, even if you're not from the state of Indiana, you need to have this on your shelf and read it because it's just a fantastic story about a a, a magical season there in um, in Springs Valley in southern Indiana. I also have in my hands, and I don't think Coach Wells knows this, but I also have in my hands the Springs Valley Blackhawks 1957 to 58 a rendezvous with destiny. The new short and long basketball scorebook, and I have every single um, uh, score sheet from every game of this season that we talked about in the previous interview, and we'll talk about today. And it is just amazing just to see the uh, uh, the hand, I just, just to be that. It almost, it almost makes you feel like you're at the games when you look at some of these uh, score she- sheets, and it's awesome. And a, and a big time shout out to Todd Marshall, who works for the Springs Valley Educational Foundation, and within the um, uh, the paragraph describing the show, I'll show you where you can be able to get this too, because this is a great piece. It looks like a scorebook. Uh, it has all the clippings and everything from that 1957 and 58 uh, year. I mean, and to be honest with you, this would be a great uh, gift package of getting the scorebook and Tim uh, Wright's book on the Valley Boys for anybody's birthday who likes basketball or even the upcoming holiday season. But with that being said, Coach Rex Wells, thank you again for uh, spending time with us to uh, discuss your career and uh, and uh, the Valley Boys. Well, thanks a lot, Bill. Enjoyed being on your show. You know, uh, last time we ended with uh, you guys getting beat by Fort Wayne South and and you know yeah. uh, it was it was a great lead up until then my my first question to start off this interview is you know you you were a young man at that time if i'm not mistaken i think 24 25 years old what how did you feel did you feel like a coach to the uh the guys that were on the team or did you feel like you were moving into a uh, a father mode during that whole first year uh yeah i think you've hit it real I began to, uh, uh, well, you know, I'm only seven, eight years older than a couple, three seniors on the basketball team. Right. But but being in the Army for a couple years, and, you know, that's that's a whole different experience. Uh, I think I matured quite, quite quickly in my uh, Army experience. So when I got back from the Army, I was a little bit, uh, a little bit different from, 
than when I went in, and I think I looked at this uh, coaching experience uh, as what you've just said, maybe a, somewhat of a father image to these guys, somewhat. And, and how well do you do you today still keep in touch with uh, a lot of the players, and, and, and who have any of them passed? Uh, you've brought out something that I'm glad you brought this out because we had we had a bond uh, of the players and myself had a real real strong bond. I think right at the beginning of the season, it just I don't know it just happened that way. Of course, I'm a I'm a hometown boy, and I knew all these kids and their families, so the bond was real strong. Um, and strange enough, after the season, and now years and years later, uh, over the years we continue to have reunions, and I think we've had maybe six of them, maybe six kind of every ten years or so, and we all assemble back in French Lake, Indiana, and we have the greatest time uh, reminiscing about yesteryear and talking about our families and all. Uh, it's a very unique experience that that a team would just really, and the coach, just stay together after all these years. And I, I'm in contact with the players and their families from time to time, and they're they're calling me as well. Uh, yes. There was, uh, let me think, there was one, two, I guess there's been three of the players pass away, um, and a couple of the cheerleaders and a student manager has uh, since passed away. Uh, I think in the book uh, Tim wrote, Valley Boys, uh, I think he has dedicated the book to those players and uh, and cheerleaders and, and managers that that have passed away which which I have uh, been very grateful that he's done that and I know Tim was very committed to to make that known in his book coach what so so you you you've come back to you you've come back home after after losing in the finals uh are in the final four um a how long did it take you to let that loss sink in, and do you still think to this day about ways you could have beat Fort Wayne South? <laughs> uh, I don't know, Bill. You know, even today, I, I it truly didn't think. I didn't think there's a way that we would lose this state tournament, and I think our players felt the same way. Uh, however... Looking at that basketball team when they took the floor, uh, wow, seven foot center, six foot five on each side of the center from Fort Wayne South, really good basketball players. They were the favorites, no question. But I really thought we might pull it off. But as the game progressed, uh, you know, I could see reality setting in and and even though we played Fort Wayne South, even the second half, uh, we got down the second quarter by about 10, 11, and we just never could recover. Uh, we had, or they had a height advantage, as did most, as did most of the teams that we played in 1957-58 have a height advantage over the Blackhawks. Hey, our total tallest guy was only six one, and he was a sophomore, a center, Paul Ratcliffe, he was a six foot one 
kid. And, and you know, uh, we overcome that height disadvantage night in and night out as uh, intense desire to play good team defense basketball. It, it's that simple. Uh, intense desire to outplay our opponents even being as, as a height disadvantage. So, so when you come back home, do you have do you have a, a huge fan reception and and everybody's yes. pr- proud of you? T- tell us a little bit about co- oh, yeah. coming home. Well, yeah, we came home the next day after the term. We stayed overnight, of course, and came home the next day. And uh, as we got into the the Orange County uh, boundary of Orange County, why, man, there was uh, a reception of cars and people. Uh, as they, uh, as we came into town, of course we would, we was led into town by the, the police force and uh, state police people, and they had a big parade. Uh, schools from around Orange County came, or you know our neighboring schools came with their bands, and we had a tremendous, uh, a tremendous parade through. West Baden and French Lake uh, with the bands from other towns and of course our own band uh, they said I don't know probably true it was one of the biggest parades that's ever been that ever happened in the valley uh, it was pretty exciting and well very exciting and it just showed how much uh, support we had uh, throughout the uh, tournament Coach, take us to uh, after you guys have lost and you're down in the locker room and you've had one 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 amazing one amazing fabulous season. Do you remember the conversation that you had with their team? Were there tears? Were were people upset? How did you calm them down? What were your last words to the team before you know you, you packed it up and went to the hotel? Well, it may have been. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to think back. I know. I know that when we left the floor. Um, it was pretty sad. We we were very discouraged and very uh, uh, not upset, but it just the fact that a better team beat us, and we just had to accept that fact. A better team won that b- basketball game, no question about it. And uh, I remember the, the the kids; they were they were pretty down and all. And I don't I don't. I don't even know what I said. I probably said something in fact how this has been a great season and, and all. And uh, But I do remember uh, a phrase, and it was very simple, like, uh, I love you guys. And later on, in the, uh, some 20-some years later, in the movie Hoosiers, that same uh, uh, that same thing was happening to the in the Hoosier movie Hoosiers with uh, the coach from Hickory saying uh, before they took the floor in the old Butler Fieldhouse saying I love you guys so I don't know I think that summed it all up right there 
You know, I, I'm assuming, I've never been a basketball coach, but I'm assuming, you know, once that game was over and once the realization that you guys lost and you're, and you're driving back and after the, the hoopla with all of the, uh, the bands and uh, everybody welcoming you back, at what point do you start thinking about next season and what were you thinking? Well, okay, uh, let me back up just one thing. I do remember my, my players were really good. Uh, they went across the hallway in the old Butler Fieldhouse where we were dressing, and after the game, they went across, and they talked and shook hands with the, with the Fort Wayne South guys, and it was pretty emotional. I know uh, a couple, three of our players became lifelong friends of those guys from Fort Wayne South. Uh, one of our players, he he was uh, selected to be on the All-Star team, Indiana All-Star team, first first player in the history of Orange County to make an Indiana All-Star team uh, selection, and he became lifelong friends of Mike McCoy, who was the seven-foot center. And then the prior and the the next year, another one of our players. Uh, made the Indiana All-Star team again, and he became the second player in Orange County to, uh, uh, to make the All-Star team, which was pretty, uh, pretty unusual. But back to your question, uh, yeah, I had pretty great hopes that the next year was going to be pretty fantastic. We had, uh, we had uh, the, the two the center coming back we had forward coming back we had two guards coming back but during that summer something happened that uh that changed the core or changed the composite of our basketball team for the next year it turns out that the um, sophomore center and his family uh moved to florida uh, uh the family Dad was a postal person and retired, and uh, they they moved to Florida. And then one of the other kids on the team, his dad was the uh, superintendent of West Baden before consolidation. Well, uh, then they moved to another town in Indiana when he got uh, when the dad got another job in another town. So what happened to us all of a sudden during that summer? 40% of our starting five was now gone. So, I don't know, Bill, have you ever seen a growing man cry a lot? Well, that was me. That was me, I'm telling you. And I thought these guys would be back, and they would have been starting five, of course. But, be that as it may, the next year, you know, uh, the next year we had a fantastic season uh near the middle of the year after the first half we were ranked ninth in the state by the way the next year uh fort wayne south was ranked uh 10th in the state and that was kind of an interesting thing that was going on with the rankings in indiana uh that year the next year we won uh, i think yeah we won 18 ball games that year uh, lost three, four, I guess it was. We did lose a sectional that year to Huntingburg, who, of course, the prior year we had beaten handily. But uh, we still had a good basketball team the next year. One of our players, uh, 
led the state in scoring along with another player from Kokomo. Uh, and, of course, he made the all-star team with his uh, counterpart. Uh, I think his name was Jimmy Rail that, that was a Kokomo. And the player I'm talking about was named Marvin Prutt. Uh, recently, well, I'll say recently, but he, uh, in March of 19, or 2015, Marvin became the second Springs Valley High School basketball player to be selected into Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. And I suspect you probably know who was the first one. And uh, he wore number 33 a long time in high school and I think also in college and and then in the NBA. Of course, you know who I'm talking about when I say Larry Bird. Of course. Now, now your center that you lost, uh, I think you're talking about Paul Radcliffe, which, yes, went, which, yes. which went down to Florida, and he had a pretty good two years of high school basketball in Florida. Yes, he did. Paul Radcliffe uh, was a six foot one. I think I've said that six foot one center as a sophomore. He's only 16 years old, and uh, he goes to Florida and to Fort Myers High School. And Paul, during his senior year, led the state scoring and was selected Mr. Basketball, which is the counterpart of Indiana's top basketball player uh, in, at the end of the season. Well, Paul Radcliffe became Mr. Basketball in South Florida. So, yeah, we lost a really terrific player, and it would have made a difference. I believe it would have made a difference. Well, you know, we talk about how relationships uh, b- uh, bond and six degrees of separations and stuff like that. He ended up actually working for you while you were out at Fort Collins, correct? Yes, he did. Um, that's an interesting story, too. We, uh, I ended up here in Fort Collins in 1964, came here uh, when a new comprehensive high school opened, and I was selected to be the assistant principal and athletic director of this new high school. And... Uh, so over the course of years, uh, Fort Collins grew, and then a new high school opened in 1973, and I was selected to be the principal to open this new high school here in Fort Collins. Uh, I called Paul Ratcliffe, and I said, I'm looking for a basketball coach. would like to have you considered. Turns out he was the baseball coach at Edison Junior College in Fort Myers, Florida, and it just turns out that at the time with his family and all, he just was not going to be able to even think about making a move, and so I went on with the process of opening the school, and then about three or four years later, I called Paul again, and I said, we have an athletic director position open, and uh, I'm uh, not going to call you again. And so it turns <laughs> out that he <laughs> turns out that he uh, flew at Fort Collins, and we talked, and, and long story short, he got the job. He became the athletic director of the school. Uh, I retired, and then he became the principal when I retired. Uh, Coach, what was, what was the job market like after that 57-58 season? Were there, tr- were there people trying, because of your success, 
during 57 and 58? Were people trying to get you to change coaching jobs? And uh, was your focus on staying at, at Springs Valley? How, how does that work in the mind of a coach that's had some success and then, you know, people are chatting and talking on your ear? Well, you know, Bill, in 1957-58, I'm 25 years old. After the tournament, I don't know if you knew that, but I was selected as Indiana Coach of the Year, 1958. Uh, I think someone said that I was the youngest coach that ever ever have received that award. Uh, I might say that, yeah, I do have that nice big trophy sitting here in my den, (laughs) but I've always said I'm I'm only the custodian of that trophy. the real owners of this trophy belongs to the 58 Blackhawks. Well, to make kind of a long story short, you can understand that with the two the two seasons that we had, one 25 and 0, and then lo- losing that final game, and then of course uh, the next year, 18 and 3 or 18 4. I think there was some interest in Rex Wells throughout the state. I did get a lot of calls, and I did uh, think about making a move, uh, and which I did. Uh, turns out, I made a move to Greensburg, Indiana, Greensburg High School. So now I'm uh, I'm the coach of Greensburg High School, beginning with the uh, 1959-60 season. I learned later after I took the job that Greensburg had a had a uh, uh, notoriety of being the uh, the cemetery of coaches. (laughs) 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 So, and I I don't think I knew that at the time that took that I took the job. But I will say this, Greensburg, moving to Greensburg was a good experience for me. It really was. It was a bigger school in a real tough conference. Uh, I think it was the Southwest Conference of Indiana, and, of course, it had some great schools, Columbus, Shelbyville, all the great powers of southern Indiana, Jeffersonville, one, uh, Bloomington. All these schools were powerhouse schools, really, and uh, I tell you, the competition—the competition was was pretty intense. It was a very intense. But turns out, the first year we had uh, the first half of the season was very bad. We just ne- never could get going. But for some reason, we got going the second half of the season, and lo and behold, uh, uh, we won the sectional. We won Greensburg's first sectional, and I think it was six or seven years uh, in 1960. And uh, there's always a great story, you know, Bill. Uh, Indiana coaches, especially high school basketball, they always have said it's not far from the penthouse to the outhouse. <laughs> in, in 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 basketball coaching, and it is so true. It is so true in in Indiana. Uh, at Greensburg, won that sectional, and we ended up playing Madison, and then we won the first game of the regional. End up playing a great Madison team in the finals of the uh, the regional. 
Madison was, of course, uh, without question, they were the favorites. And we hung in there the first half, but then they really got hot and, and, and beat us pretty handily. Uh, they were expected to be in the final four that year, but I think maybe they might have been upset in the semi-state. But, but anyway, uh, I was given the key to the city, uh, Bill, in, in 1960. Uh, Greensburg hadn't won very many games the prior four or five years, maybe I think they said they'd only won four or five games in four years. So I was, uh, as a coach, I guess I was pretty popular for at least a year. But like I say, it's not <laughs> far from the penthouse to the outhouse because the next year we had a real tough season. Uh, won maybe, I don't know, seven, eight games. And it was it was not a good season. But... Uh, I was encouraged uh, to kind of start looking for another job after that second year, and, and I'm not and I'm not being critical of the I'm not being critical of Greensburg. I love the town. I love the the school, but that that was pretty common in Indiana. Uh, school boards want you to win. That simple. School boards want you to win. So so then I moved. So, so then I got a invite to go back to Spring Valley after two years in Greensburg, which I did. What now? Now uh, it, it, I haven't been back home and well and traveled the state of Indiana in years. So is Greensburg mm-hmm. the one that has the tree growing out of the courthouse, or is that Greencastle? <laughs> you got it. Greensburg has a tree growing out of the courthouse. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. You've got a good memory. That's, that is, that's a heck of a signature for a town, isn't it? The tree growing out of the courthouse. Yeah, I, it's there. I remember. There. I remember my girlfriend at the time's uh, father was huge on going to historical places and historical markers, and I remember him telling me we're going to a place that has a tree growing out of the courthouse, and I thought, <laughs> you are crazy. Why are we going there? Well, it was there for sure. It was there. So, what was the what was the invite like, and what was it like going back to uh, Springs Valley? Uh, it was kind of nice. In fact, uh, it changed my whole career. Really, uh, I got this call from uh, superintendent, and they more or less said, "Hey, uh, we're going to have an opening, and." Uh, would you be interested in coming back? And I did say, yes, I would, because I knew I wasn't going to be. I had a three-year contract, but the superintendent was a nice guy. He said, you know, uh, if I were you, I'd start looking for a job. And I did, and I did. So uh, I got this call, and, and I met, and I said, I would love to come back, but the fact that I have just about finished my master's degree in uh, – school administration my uh i would like to offer an idea that maybe you could uh appoint me as uh athletic director and i could teach a couple classes and coach basketball well that that was pretty good idea and both of us uh agreed to the terms signed a contract moved back to spring valley french lick uh for the 19th 60, 61 season, I guess it would be. 59, 60, no, 61, 62 season. It would have been 61, 62 season. 
So I'm the athletic director of the high school. We started football that year, by the way, which was kind of a big thing for me to help uh, get going. Um, and then uh, I coached that year. Um, in the summers, I came to Fort Collins continuing to work on my degree, and finally I did get my master's degree. So in 1962, uh, I was... I got a call when I was in summer school and here in Fort Collins. I got a call from the superintendent, and he said, hey, uh, we're going to make a change in the principal of the high school, and we want you to be the principal. And I said, oh, my goodness. I said, I don't think I'm ready to be a principal. I still want to coach basketball, et cetera, et cetera. Well, <laughs> at a weak moment in my life, I I think I probably said after he kept badgering me and saying, well, we're going to take your appointment to the board next Monday night, and uh, that's where it's going to be, and we want you to be the principal. So I get in the car, my wife and I, we had two young children at the time, and we drove back to French Lick, and now I'm the principal of the high school. And that changed my whole career, that I was never going to coach basketball again, which, uh, by the way, uh, Larry Bird had just entered elementary school. <laughs> now, does that tell you something about decision-making? <laughs> yeah, Larry Bird just, just entered uh, elementary school when I came back to French Lake in 1961 and 2, yeah. But so, anyway, I'm the principal, and... Uh, uh, I stayed in that job for, I don't know what it was, two or three years, and then I got a an opportunity to come to Fort Collins to be an assistant principal of a brand-new high school, a brand-new comprehensive high school that was going to open in the fall of 1964, and I got the job. I came out here and interviewed and talked to the people I had met in my summer school uh, contacts and all. Uh, got the job, and I was the first assistant principal and athletic director of this new high school. So that's where I started my second career, I guess you'd call it. Oh, so, so now this sounds good because um, I, I had thought, and maybe you can uh, shed some light on this, that, that Jerry Reynolds was the reason why you quit coaching basketball <laughs> in Indiana. <laughs> Jerry said this. <laughs> Jerry said this. He's the one who told the story. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jerry Reynolds. Jerry Reynolds, I don't know if I told this story, but Jerry Reynolds was a, a guard on that last team I coached, you know, and and he was a great guy. I mean, he was just full of energy and, and a, you know, he wasn't very big, about five, six, or seven, maybe 145 pounds. But he loved the game of basketball, and his heroes his heroes were the 58 Blackhawks, and he'll tell you that today, you know. He'll tell you that today. So what was it like? Uh, I have a story to tell you, and I, he's probably going to be mad at me for telling this story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. While you were principal at Springs Valley, evidently you did a fine, fantastic job, and that's why you went on to Colorado and uh, became such a success as, as you did. And uh, uh, the gentleman's name is Kim Agin. Oh boy! Oh boy! Yeah, 
Kim Hagen. How did you know Kim Hagen? <laughs> well, you know, oh, once you once you get into basketball, you oh, know, yeah. and, 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 you know, and it, it is it amazes me doing this oh, stuff about you know the six degrees of separation. You get one thing after another, and when you have the same passion, it's amazing the 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 uh, the friendships right. and and the relationships that that can come about. It is, and and the last time I, and of course I have been in touch with the Egan family from time to time. Uh, uh, Kim's father was a hero of mine. He was uh, a Navy guy, World War II. He was a submariner and all this. And uh, uh, his he was a big basketball fan, really, really loved basketball. Went to West Baden High School and all. But Kim Egan, yeah, Kim Egan. Last time I heard of Kim, he was in San, San Diego, I think, maybe. Yeah, I think now he currently either lives, A, in Utah or in Wyoming and has become very successful. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, very, very much so. Yeah. But but the story, the story which is interesting is that you know I guess he got suspended from school and you, he, you're out and about and you see him uh, out of school and you're like you know what I think I need to talk to dad and get him back into school because it's probably better for him to be back in school. That's probably true. I don't remember that, but <laughs> probably true. Yeah, yeah. So so you're getting ready to make that jump to Colorado. Uh, are you? Are you kind of indifferent? Was it was it enough money or what you wanted to do? Was there something else out in Colorado that you were going to enjoy? Well, how hard was it le- to leave the state of Indiana? Well, okay, Bill, it was pretty hard. I tell you the truth. Of course, uh, at the time we left, we th- we had three small children, two girls and a boy, and uh, they were all going to be preschool and all. But when we picked up and and loaded the stuff and all. My mom and my wife's family, they thought that we were going to die. They they thought it was all over for us, <laughs> and we would never see them again. And I think it was really traumatic from our families, from standpoint, it, it was. Now, from our standpoint, it was an exciting thing. I mean, <laughs> it was really exciting making this move. Uh, it turned out that... <clears throat> We learned about Fort Collins, or I did, and both of us. Uh, a teacher friend of mine at Spring Valley had come to Fort Collins in the summers and did some work at the school, and he was a great trout fisherman. He'd come out here and fish in those streams, and turns out he had taken some nice slides and pictures of his uh, experiences. And one night we were at their house, and he showed us all those slides. And I said, oh, my goodness, that's got to be us. So that's kind of how we ended up here in Fort Collins, really. And and once you've made the move and you're out at Fort Collins, I mean, uh, did you still have the urge to want to coach, or did you just want to stay in administration? Well, we <laughs> I did coach a, a girls' team here when I was the principal. At the, it's called Rocky Mountain High School, the, the new school that I opened in 1973. But my wife was a nurse at the hospital, and and she had some nursing friends that uh, they thought they wanted to be uh, a basketball team, so they conned me into being their coach. And uh, being the being that I, I had the keys to the a gymnasium, why I could get in the gym and we could get some practices on Sunday afternoon, this, that, and the other. And and it turns out we had this little city league. Uh, of the girls' basketball 
City League team, and we had more fun than you can just imagine. Uh, turns out that, <laughs> actually, turns out we were undefeated. We won the little tournament they had, and uh, I think we had 12 games that we won. Uh, but I really put these gals through the through the experience of of uh, discipline and and being in good physical shape and and learning how to block out at rebounds, et cetera. Um, but I still have that memory, and it was a good one. Still is. So you started out as an assistant principal. Did you climb up the ladder at Fort Collins? I started as assistant principal, new high school. We opened the the, the school. Uh, I was there five years, and then I was uh, encouraged to take a uh, middle school job, which I did, and I was the principal of a middle school for, I guess it was three or four years. But in the interim, I was working on a doctor's degree at the University of Nebraska, and one of the requirements was to be on campus for at least a year and a half to, quote, write the dissertation that you're going to have to write as a requirement to, uh, to have the degree. So I took a leave of absence. I took a sabbatical leave and moved back to Lincoln, Nebraska for a year and a half and finished up a doctor's degree. My wife and the kids, they stayed here in Fort Collins and they went to, of course, they were in elementary school at the time, and she was still working at the hospital as a nurse. So I go back there, and I end up finishing up my degree in 1970, uh, came back to Fort Collins, of course, and about that same time, a new school was being built, and it was going to be... uh, it was going to be open somewhere in the fall of seven, 1973. So I was appointed principal of the school two years before it was open, and I continued to be my uh, continued to be a principal of the of the uh, middle school. So after about a year or so, they uh, hired a new principal for the junior high, and so now I'm. Uh, getting ready to hire the staff and the equipment and so forth. I was really fortunate to be able to plan the school from the ground up with the committee and with the architects. So we opened the school in the fall of 1973. I don't know, maybe 1,200 kids. uh, And the it was ninth, tenth, and eleventh, uh, or uh, ten, eleven, and twelfth grade at that time. Uh, so it was a big experience to open a high school. It, be- it became the third large high school in Fort Collins at the time. So it was uh, very rewarding. And then, of course, I was there for fifteen years before I retired. Then. So when is the first thought, the first rumor, and the first phone call that you get from Tim Wright on uh, doing this book, and were you thinking about it should be a book before even the rumor or Tim Wright called you? Well, that's a good story, too, uh, uh, because I think I might have said this before. You know, I've waited, we, I should say we, We've waited 60 years. I'm talking about the team now. We've waited 60 years for this story to be told. Uh, 
I have said this to Paul Radcliffe, my friend here in Fort Collins. I wish that you and I could have re- uh, wrote this story. Well, we didn't. We couldn't. We had families, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But anyway, it happened that in night or 2007, in 2007, uh, French Lick Chamber of Commerce, uh, I believe it was, invited us. I'm talking about the 58 team because it was the 50th year. It was the 50-year anniversary of the team. They invited us to come back, all of us, and be the grand marshal of a big parade that they have in the fall. Uh, and, and we did. We all came back. I'm talking about all the members of the team that were out of state. They came back, and, and of course, the local guys, they were there. So we had this great big... Uh, parade and fire trucks and all that riding on the fire trucks it was just terrific turns out uh wife and i are staying at the french lake hotel and i don't know it was in the afternoon i think on a sunday or friday or sometime that i'm in the lobby of the hotel and this guy comes up and he says are you rex wells and i said yes and I said, well, who are you? And she, he said, well, my name's Tim Wright. And I said, oh, my God. Right away, I knew. I said, I know your dad. He, he, he said, oh, really? Yeah. I said, your dad played at French Lake High School when I was a young player at West Baden. And, and he was one of my all-time heroes. I said, he was a heck of a ball player. I said, all and on, and how's he? And I think at the time, maybe... Uh, his name was Billy D. Billy D. Wright. I think he might have passed away then. But anyway, Tim introduced himself, and right away he was talking about the team and 58 and all that season. And he was a first grader, he said, time at the time. And he was just uh, he was just overblown with the uh, the team. His dad would take him to home games and all. Uh, so. It just turns out that Tim said something to the fact that he really wanted to write a story about the 58 team. And and uh, we were sitting down at the bar having a beer, and he said, I said, hey, Tim, i tell you what, i tell you what, I've got probably two or three really big, thick uh, scrapbooks of the clippings and the stuff, and, and I've got a, several original pictures of the team and the action shots of the season all. I'm going to send these scrapbooks and pictures to you as soon as I get home. And I did. I sent them to Tim Wright. He lived in Indianapolis. Uh, Okay, about seven years later now, about seven or eight, six, seven years later, I get to thinking about my scrapbooks, thinking, you know, these are really important documents. They're uh, family heirlooms for my kids, and I wonder whatever happened to them. I wonder if Tim Wright still has them. So I found Tim's telephone number through a cousin of his back home, and I called Tim. Yeah, he said, I've got these books. Don't worry about it. Uh, they're safe. He said, uh, I said, are you ever going to start writing that book? You talked about it. He said, it's funny that you called. He said, you know what? I'm just starting to write this book, and I'm just getting my thoughts together. Turned out that Tim had a this music career of his and had spent a lot of time and a lot of money with his music and his career and hoping to reach the top in that very heavy 
competitive music industry. Uh, but then Tim told me, he said, I am going to start writing. Well, he did. He started to put together the the writing, and and he would uh, email me and say, hey, Rex, I've got uh, chapter one or two, whatever. Would you read it, and would you uh, make comments, and give me a call, and we can talk about it. So that's, that thing went on like that for, I don't know, at least a year. And uh, it became more and more exciting to both of us, and I was remembering these incidences, and he was asking me all about well, what happened here? What happened there? But I tell you, uh, it was a it was an experience in my in my life that just opened just opened up. But it, it just I was thinking that I was coaching basketball again, and it was really exciting, and still is still is exciting to have Tim call me and he said, "Well, do you remember this or do you remember that?" Uh, and that's how kind of turned out and then of course Tim he began to get serious he interviewed all the living players and their families and he would go to down to French Lick and talk to the local people about all these things Uh, Tim did a tremendous amount of research on this book and it's about real people it's about real events there's not very much uh, fiction in the book most of it's non-fiction you know Uh, and he's got it pinned down really good the story in itself it's more than just the basketball team uh it's more than just winning 25 straight games and losing the final game <coughs> excuse me it's it's about two towns also and it's a great story it really is a great story you know interesting is when uh i was growing up uh, uh i actually got the the opportunity to go see the wright brothers at beef and boards in indianapolis Oh, and, really? and, wow. and and didn't think didn't think anything about it and uh going back to uh getting Kim um Egan up from underneath the bus that I just threw him under uh he <laughs> he he uh with the friendship and us going back and forth about basketball he said you know what you should call Tim Wright he's writing a book about the 1957-58 Springs Valley Blackhawks and you yeah. should interview him or chat with him a little bit so that's how I got on that, yeah. that's how I got on that, and then interviewing Tim, and then um, one day I sent an email to somebody, and and the, the the not an email, a text, and the text said, "Is he still acting like an ass?" Well, I actually <laughs> sent that text message to Tim, but it was supposed to go to somebody else, and oh, Tim oh, te- Tim texts me back, and he goes, "Oh, oh, no problem. I I know that's the wrong person you sent it to, uh, but you know who would be a great interview would be Rex Wells." And so really? that so that is how really? six degrees of separation really? of how I got your number and called you to set this up and chat with you. I'll be darn well. That is amazing. Yes. So so the book is getting ready to come out. You know what what I mean? Are, are you packing up to come back to Indiana? How was the book uh, uh, unveiled or rolled out? And and how did you like coming back to Indiana? And how often do you come back to Indiana? Well, over the course of years, I used to, we, we, Margaret and I, and Margaret and I and my kid, we'd come back often to see our families and all. Uh, uh, of course, they're all gone now, and uh, I don't have any family, per se, in, in the area in French Lake West Bay anymore. But I do, uh, I do go back from time to time. Uh, I have some property there that I'm trying to develop and have some... Uh, 
small houses built for rental property and uh, sales and all. But anyway, uh, uh, I think probably, uh, maybe, just maybe, we're thinking maybe we might just uh, uh, move back there someday. You know, my roots are still Indiana. Now, my uh, uh, my rear end is here in Fort Collins for the last 50-some years, but I think my heart's still in French Lake and West Bay. Coach Wells, what do you think of the game or the state of basketball today, be it be it in Colorado or uh, college or even, uh, uh, you know, class basketball or classless basketball or whatever you want to call it in Indiana? What what are your opinions on uh, how the game has changed or, or what it's like today compared to what you what it meant to you? Well, you know, in the era, I call it the era of single-class tournament basketball in Indiana, it was the most unique thing in the, probably in the old United States where the little teams would be paired up against the big teams during the tournaments. And, and, and you know what? The excitement was just overwhelmed. And the, and the attendance, the attendance at these games was unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, I think that it was inevitable to happen. I, I don't remember the year, 1996, I think maybe it was. Maybe, Correct. Uh, that, uh, that this was all going to change, uh, and it was, it was a movement that probably should have changed. Now, I know a lot of people, and probably Bobby Plump included in Milan, from the Milan Miracle team, uh, would still profess to think that, you know, the single-class basketball should be reinstated. <laughs> it's not going to happen, unfortunately, it isn't. Uh, being a school person all these years, I think the the movement to have class basketball based on enrollment uh, was going to happen, and it did, of course. And looking back and all, and same thing here in Fort Collar, in Colorado, we have the class system in in uh, the sports and all. Uh, some would say, well, the meaning of winning a basketball tournament, state tournament, if you're class A or class B or whatever, uh, that has no excitement than if you were, say, winning the tournament, as we did years ago, uh, in the single class tournament. But you know what? These kids, these kids today... If they win a tournament, and I had experience it in the Fort Collins here in football and wrestling, basketball, you name it, baseball, <coughs> winning those tournaments, no matter the class designation, is still important to these boys and girls. It really is important to them. Uh, it has a great deal of meaning. Uh, I think it's probably here to stay. I'm sure it is. So what does Coach Rells, Wells do in retirement? Uh, that's kind of an interesting story. I, I, I have a new career. I have a whole new career. 1987, I retired from uh, being a high school principal. turns out I had a health problem. I had what was called uh, the widow's uh, disease. had a heart problem. And uh, I was uh, hospital with this process, I think they call it 
opening up the arteries, angioplasty, where they go in and open up the arteries of the heart. Well, I had that done several times. And more or less, the uh, doctor told me, hey, you've got four things to do if you want to live. You've got to get rid of the job you're in. You've got to change jobs. It's too stressful right now. Uh, you've got to be on a med- medical or a me- medicine reg- regimentation, okay, and you got to get on a good diet for your for your eating habits, and you've got to exercise. That's four things you've got to do. Well, I took it. Uh, I took it serious. I took it serious. I resigned and all. I, re- I became very bored, very depressed. Turns out, my daughter, who is a CPA in California, she kept on my case saying, Dad, you've got to do something different. You can't just sit around. So being a good, uh, sort of a good uh, person with numbers, I have a math uh, major in in college. Uh, She said, why don't you go back to school, take some counting courses, and uh, she said, I think you could... uh, you you could have another career. Well, after about a year or so of this, I did. I went back to CSU here, Colorado State University, took some county courses and all, and was able to uh, get enough courses to be qualified as a public accountant. So for the last 26 years, I have a tax and accounting business here in Fort Collins, uh, one time, I think I might have, and I did it all on my own. I don't have any partners anymore, but I think I had as many as three three hundred clients at one time. So, and I'm still doing it right today. I'm still uh, doing uh, small business returns, accounting, individual tax return. So that has been my second career of the next, last twenty five years. Do you golf? I used to golf. Don't anymore. I've got a shoulder problem, so I don't golf anymore. Uh, loved it. Loved to play. Used to fish a lot. Don't do that anymore. I think the biggest uh, thing I look forward to, and this is really something, Bill, looking forward to being able to take a little old uh, Boston Terrier dog for a walk for about an hour every afternoon. Now, that, Now, that's when it really becomes serious, when you're looking forward to taking your your little old Boston Terrier for an hour walk now. Coach. I, think it, I think I've told you what it is. I've got this condition. Uh, it's called inescapable consequences of old age. <laughs> well, and it's, it's common for my age group, I've found out. Well, is today your birthday? You're coming up on your 86th birthday, right? Shortly, shortly. shortly. Yeah. Well, well. The the name of the book is The Valley Boys: The Story yep. of the 1958 Springs Valley Blackhawks by Timothy Wright. Uh, within um, this program here, you'll be able to see it in the description of the program on a link on where you can get this book. Get this book if you have the chance. If you love the game of basketball, or, or if you want a, a a great story, which is true story, get this book. And also too. I'll put in there information on how to be able to get the uh, short and long of a basketball scorebook from that year also. But Coach Rex Wells, thank you so much for spending a couple hours with us. I know time is valuable. I appreciate it. And everybody who's listened to Part 1 is really looking forward to Part 2, and I thank you so much for your time. 
Bill, it's been wonderful. Uh, these short times that we've had, uh, it seems like I've known you for years and years. You know that? 